DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We are joined now by our basketball insider, Steve Cleveland. Steve, good morning. Good morning. Steve's on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. How many things have you seen to compare to what the Aggies and Sam Merrill just did? Wow. Tim was, uh, what a week. And, uh, he uh, he left an uh, indelible imprint on that game. I mean, he basically shoots 29 for 50 scoops, scores 83 points, makes big baskets. Uh, you know, well, the more you watch him, the more I think that he can play at the next level. Uh, he's got size. Uh, he's just he's got the whole package. And uh, for them to go back to back, get to the tournament, win the conference, it's never easy winning conference tournaments. And uh, you know, I know they were picked this year to win the league, and then San Diego State was kind of a surprise team, but they got it together late and started playing their best basketball. And, uh, yeah, Sam, Sam was incredible, and he's got some veteran guys on his team that, and some size that uh, well, everybody knew they were going to be pretty good. They just kind of went away and didn't play like they did, but uh, they picked the right time to play well, and there's another team you don't want to play in the tournament. You've been there yourself, Steve. What kind of adrenaline rush is it? How could you possibly describe what these guys went through because you went through it yourself and, and what this time is like right now for them? You know, I heard Sam say yesterday, you know, I mean, he was just spent physically. I mean, the the night where uh, the night before a game where, you know, he wins that thing and, you know, the adrenaline rush, and you can't go to sleep. I mean, you literally, you just cannot go to sleep. In fact, the best rest you probably got and it was not the night before, but it was after shoot-around. They had a little something to eat, and hopefully he got about an hour, hour and a half nap because uh, it is for coaches, everybody. I mean, it's just there's, you have to prepare so quickly, and you've done a lot of preparation before you even get there because you've played the teams before anyway. And uh, so, and, and I think the other thing, too, is they got Wyoming uh, in the second round of that, which uh, had upset Nevada. Nevada had been playing really well. That was kind of a, a good break for them. And that being said, Wyoming played Utah State tough as well. So every game was competitive. The New Mexico game could have gone either way. But when you get through that, you just when it's all said and done and you get home, you're just drained, physically and emotionally drained. And now you get the excitement of preparing for an NC2A game. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't get much better than that. So... They're in the tournament probably as a 10 or 11 seed. They cannot be sent to Dayton, so they'll go in with a Thursday or Friday opener. And now they got a while to kind of calm down. Do you think this long layoff, given all the energy they spend, is a good thing? Or does it bug you when teams have this much time off that they're not in a rhythm when they get back into the tourney? No, I, I think that would be fine. This is a veteran team. It's not a, you know, they've, they've got senior leadership in this team. And they've got guys that, you know, they've been there before. I mean, they were there last year. And uh, off the top of my head, I cannot remember what they did in the tournament last year in that first game. But uh, I think the time you need to just kind of decompress, you're going to get all sorts of tape and things, taking a day or two to watch, you know, all the tendencies and everything about their opponent. So, now they'll be fresh. They're ready. It's a long year, and this time of the year, especially when you go through a three-game tournament, that's like three weeks instead of one week. And so, 
uh, it'll be good for them. Veteran team, they'll they'll handle it well. And uh, you know, like BYU, I, I think this is a team. I don't, you don't want to play this team. I mean, they're they're not going to beat themselves. And uh, you know, it's kind of like the old Utah teams. They never would beat themselves. You you, you got to go out and beat them. They take care of the ball. They execute. They run their stuff. Uh, so yeah, Utah State, great confidence to them. Unless they just get a really bad seed, uh, and, and they're going to be at, like you said, a ten or eleven. But oftentimes that five, twelve, eleven, four, those seeds sometimes they're, those are winnable games. So you got round three here now with the St. Mary's and BYU. A little bit different from San Jose State. Utah State, because San Jose State had won both of those games, and then the Aggies get him in the tournament. Here they split and both games, one overtime without Yoli, and then even with Yoli, uh, they you know, came right down to the last second, and Hawes hits the big shot to win the ball game. Uh, is there anything that you can see that each team can exploit the other in whatever advantage, disadvantage, or is it just a matter of you got to go out and play and just hope you make a, maybe one more play than the other guy. You know, I, I think looking at St. Mary's, I start, you, you think about what they've gone through. Uh, you know, I've I watched this team play for a number of years, and uh, they don't take bad shots. They tempo the ball. Uh, they're not. They're typically not going to beat themselves. Uh, I, I think everybody's probably concerned that Jordan Ford is exhausted. And, but, again, same deal. You know, if, if they had had to play the next night, it would have been a different deal. But getting that Sunday off and getting fresh again, uh, I, I think St. Mary's strengths are they really defend well. Uh, they're they're not going to get out of their system, uh, and, and and that can that can be a good thing and a bad thing. You know, I mean, a guy, a guy like Ford, a guy like Fitz, who went for twenty nine against BYU. I think that would. That he was he was kind of the guy that kept St. Mary's in that game, but they're well coached. You're going to have to beat St. Mary's. They're not going to beat themselves. They're not going to turn it over 17 times. And, and BYU doesn't apply that kind of pressure anyway. And so turnovers would be just from sloppy pay and trying to do things that uh, you do maybe when you're trying to come from behind and and make up points. But th- this is a tough tough game for BYU. Uh, there there are a lot of similarities. This is a team last year. St. Mary's had the biggest win in the postseason when they beat Gonzaga, uh, and you guys remember that game. So th- this is a – even though it, they've both been difficult and BYU's playing really well, BYU will have to beat St. Mary's. St. Mary's will not beat themselves. That's just not going to happen. Now, whether Jordan Ford can go for 40 again, I don't know. But the matchups are pretty good. Nobody has a real size advantage. I, I give advantage to BYU because – uh, they, they've got a little bit more depth, and they've got guys that, are, that have come off the bench and, and really made a nice contribution. So that's my feelings for St. Mary's, that, that, that the things they bring, the strengths that they bring, are they, they do have also have great chemistry. They know their roles. They've played together. They're in a system that they're, they understand. And Jordan Ford is the one guy in that system that has the green light to go and do what he wants to do. They don't have a presence like Yoli Child in the post. Uh, it's uh, you know they just don't have that. And so the advantage for BYU is that Yoli Childs is surrounded with three or four outstanding shooters, 
So I, I got to believe they're going to go to Yoli early and often, especially in a tournament game like this where they've been waiting to play. You don't want to come out and all of a sudden be your first five or six shots, be three-point shots. They don't go down. They're playing in a different arena. They've not played a game there yet. I mean, they played there last year, some of them. So I would think that Yoli will get a lot of touches early. And depending on how they guard that, they guard him just straight up and going to guard the three-point shooters, or are they going to double him, force him to give it up, and make the guys that uh, haven't played a game yet in the tournament make threes? Uh, I, I think you'd figure that between Toulson, TJ, you know, Barcello, Harding, they, they, they just shot the three ball so well. that We just expect that. But... Uh, uh, I I'll be really surprised if this, if this game is a 15 or a 17 point game blowout. I just I just don't see that happening. This is now five straight incredible streaks for the Jazz, and on the broadcast they documented how it literally has never happened in the NBA before. There's nothing like a a five game win streak after a four game losing streak after a four game winning streak after a five game losing streak after a four-game winning streak. And so that's an oddity, but I think the most important thing is what, if anything, does it mean going forward over the last quarter of the season? Well, I think, you know, last week we talked about this, and I thought that, you know, they'd probably come back home 3-1. and They came back 4-0. Uh, I think Conley's play is uh, his confidence and going on there. Sometimes I think it's easier to go on the road and be relaxed than it is playing at home when he's, he's kind of finally had been up and down and trying to find his groove and, you know, how he fit here. Uh, but to, to go on the road and uh, to, to beat teams they're supposed to beat is never easy. And then to beat the Celtics at home, you know, I mean, obviously Jalen Brown didn't play and there was a few guys missing, but anytime you can go in there in the Celtics, and, and win in Boston has to give them a great deal of confidence. So if you look at all the trending, losing four, winning five, I, I think they've come back now uh, after that road trip, and they've got a great deal of confidence. And, you know, they've kind of gone away. They've taken, put an in that second group. He's still playing 29, 30 minutes, scoring eight, nine, five. You know, I mean, he, he's – and then they've got O'Neal back uh, starting, and – you know, he's not giving him a, I mean, he, he scored, I think he had 12 against the Cavs. He's not giving him a great deal of scoring. But, again, it's, it's, a, it's a chemistry thing. He's a better defender and a better rebounder. Uh, and, when, and when Conley and Mitchell are both scoring, you, you can put a better defensive team there. And then, of course, the, the second group comes in, and Ingles is going to play 25 or 30 minutes. And then, you know, with Jordan Clarkson, they, they've got a better, better second group. So, uh, they're – I think they're in good shape. I mean, they got the Raptors. They got three games this week with the Raptors, OKC, and the Pelicans. And each one of those games uh, are, are games they can lose. And uh, I, th- I think that the Raptors. I, I'm not sure that that everybody's healthy, but uh, they're they're capable of beating the Jazz. There, I don't know if Van Fleet's not playing for them. I, I don't see the Raptors winning in, at Utah. Uh, the, the, the toughest game of the three is, is going to be at OKC, who I think, man, they have really overachieved. And, you know, Chris Paul has played well. Uh, you know, Gallinari, uh, Schroeder, who comes off the bench, they've won three in a row. They're eight and two in the last ten. Um, that's, that's a team that nobody expected when you lose Paul and Russell that they would – 
you know, be in a situation where they're in the sixth playoff spot by a long ways. I mean, they're, they've done really well. So that, that will be a difficult and challenging game. And then the fun game for everybody, I mean, who isn't going to want to watch Pelicans play? And I'm, I mean, I think even the, the Jazz players, Pelicans will be getting a lot of TV time with, with Zion and uh, a lot of the former Lakers, the pace they play. So uh, that, that will be an interesting thing to, to see how that goes. So it's a fun week. You know, you really got a great week. Two really good home games, uh, all capable of winning all three of them again. They keep they keep this up, and you know they're, they're going to put themselves back in a position to get, to to really get that four spot. They're only two games out of uh, of second place. So, anytime you can get a home game, that I mean that that's what you're playing for here. I mean, if Utah can get a home game, a home game series in the playoffs, they're going to. More than likely, it looks like it'll probably be Denver who's uh, not been playing great lately. Uh, but that's what you're pushing for. You get that first one at home, and then after that, you, you, you move on. So another fun week, and, uh, and hopefully they, they keep it together and continue to play with the confidence. But if Conley and uh, Donovan Mitchell are on together, this, this is the team that everybody expected to see. It, it hasn't happened a lot. But recently, it has, and if it continues that way, and they play with confidence, they are much more difficult to guard. Yeah, I have no reason to believe that this Conley play of late is a fluke. I have absolutely every reason to believe that this is who he is, and this is what we'll get the rest of the way. Agree? Yeah, I, I do. And Madonovich is, you know, I mean, he went on that road trip at twenty-eight, twenty-two, eight, and thirty-two. So. Um, you know, you, you you get that kind of scoring, it, it's and especially when you go on the road and get that kind of scoring. And and sometimes I know that we understand that it's hard to play on the road, but mature tight teams, good chemistry type teams that have talent, uh, they flourish in that setting. I mean, they're relaxed. There's no pressure. And and the way the Jazz have played at home, uh, the players feel that. And uh, everybody else comes into the, in into Utah and they're loose and. And that's the way they have to play, too. I mean, I think coming off this road trip, winning all four games, uh, everybody's got a lot of confidence. I, I think we, we're looking at probably a 3-0 and deal here. I mean, they, OKC will, is not going to be easy. They, they, I'm really impressed what they're doing and how they've kept it together. But this is a, good, a great opportunity to maybe at the end, next week we're talking, uh, it's Utah in fourth place and it's Denver that's in fifth. Steve, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. Yep, guys. Have a great week. We'll look forward to watching the games. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider.